college, a friend of mine, um, he reached out to me. He said, hey, you know, I got this idea, and I, I, you're good with money. I want you to, you know, be the CFO of our company. Uh-huh. And I'm like, sure, whatever, you know. And uh, we ended up going to the SBDC. They were very helpful. They had a lot of resources. Um, I think our biggest concern at that time was was knowing how to put the right team together. And mm-hmm. we ended up doing that. We ended up uh, doing an event for the SEU football team, for homecoming. And it was it was big. It was great. But then um, things happened. It failed. Yeah. Everyone went their separate ways. We all still talk every once in a while. But um, that was my first encounter, which is my freshman year. And then um, that that that's, that situation is what helped me say, you know what? I'm not going to do engineering no more because that's yeah. what I was doing at the time. <laughs> and I'm going to go straight into business because I saw how if you could provide a service uh-huh. that that benefits people, you know what I'm saying? There, you know, there's value in that. Yeah. And the more value you add, the more impact you make, the opportunities, the more opportunities there is for myself as an entrepreneur to, you know, go out and do some good in the world. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's, it's nice to get failures in early. <laughs> yeah. I failed a lot of times, like a lot, but you know, it's, it builds character. Yeah. It really does. Oh, and that is, uh, Hopefully something we're going to do in this episode of the WTF Carbondale podcast. We're going to build a little character talking to Marshawn Tucker, uh, episode 52 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all back together to this little old place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. And I'm, you know, I, I, I always like talking to folks that I've never met before um, mm-hmm. and, you know, starting fresh with exploratory conversation. Um but I, I've never like really engaged with somebody and been like, and they've been like, Oh, I'm a fan. Like I've watched the, <laughs> the podcast. I yeah. like it. Um, and then I don't even remember how that Facebook message went. I think you were just like, Hey man, like yeah. the podcast. I was like, you want to be a guest? Like, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and it turns out you were a, like a great guest to be on yeah. here. Cause you're yeah. somebody that's interesting and doing stuff in town. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you being here. Uh, and and putting in work, man. So how you know the the big starter question is you know uh, with these podcasts is how did you come to be in Carbondale? Uh, uh, what brought you here? Um, so I had an older cousin here, Kevin. He was going uh, for aviation, uh-huh. and he was like, "Man, you graduating high school? You need to come down here. We have a great time. You learn some stuff, and then you go off into the world and you do whatever you want to do." <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Sure, I applied, got accepted. And that's how I got here. Um, it was one of the, the best decisions I've made thus far. Awesome, know, man. For real. No, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. And even after, uh, and even after college, and still being able to say that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm actually still in college right now. I'm okay. in the um, Master of Health Administration and Great. Health Informatics program here at SIU. So um, I graduated in May uh, with my first master's, and then I have one more year. And then I graduated my second master. So, dude, yeah. I don't. I it's wild to me that it's it's like a master's feels like a bachelor's used to now. Like yeah, you, like you, like you just gotta go get it right. And yep. I feel I feel silly for having not, you know, 
for, for first taking too long to get through college myself, like yeah. the, the BS, but, mm-hmm. uh, but then like not figuring out, okay, well, when, when is a master's program, right? So you, did you go mm-hmm. right out of, uh, your bachelor's and into, uh, the yep. master's program then? Yep. Yep. It, that wasn't the plan at first, but it, <laughs> it never <laughs> is, right? Yeah, it never is. I was like, man, I'm done. I got my, my, uh, my bachelor's. I'm gone. I'm going to start my business. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, well, I just go, you know, work at another company. Yeah. But um, an opportunity came my way. There was a situation that happened on campus. Um, at the time, um, the assistant dean at the College of Business, she had asked me my question. She asked me a question, and I helped her solve a, a big issue. Uh-huh. Right. And then she was like, you know, um, you know, you're really good at problem solving, and you can speak well. And she was just telling me all this, this great stuff. She was like, well, have you ever thought about going to grad school? And I was like, now this was two weeks before I graduated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not going. And then she was like, well, what if I was to offer you a, a graduate assistantship? Mm-hmm. And me not thinking about grad school at all, I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. I was just like, well, you know, let me uh, let me contact my mom real quick. Let me talk to her. I don't want to make a decision like this and mm-hmm. not seek counsel. So I got up, walked outside, called my mom, talked to her for, I promise you, 30 seconds. She was like, well, you better take that. <laughs> so um, went back in, applied, got into grad school, and, you know, that's how I got into the program. That's phenomenal, man. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. somebody identified your your skill set yeah. and your and your value within the program, and we're just like, yeah. hey, yeah. stick around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Two masters. Two. So, what, so explain... Can you explain just like side by side what they are and kind of how they come together for what you want to do? Yeah. So, um, well, wait. Let me let me yeah, tell do you. What you. Yeah. Go where you want. Um, I want to start my bachelor's first, then I get to my master's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I got a bachelor of science. I got a bachelor of science in business management. Mm-hmm. At SIU, of course. And then, because I always had that that entrepreneurial spirit, I always wanted to create something. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying bring value and change something for for the better. And then um, my grandmother and my mother, you know, they always, they've been in healthcare. My grandma mm-hmm. was in healthcare for 40 plus years. My mom is, she's doing her thing now. And I was like, I was like, maybe I should go into healthcare. Like my entire family's there. Then I noticed how we, the past couple of years, been, we've been focused on healthcare as, in the United States. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, maybe I'll just do that. I'll go into healthcare because there's job opportunity just in case. Yeah. If, you know, whether my business ventures work or not, I still have my degrees to fall back on mm-hmm. and I can still, you know, go that route if I need to. Yeah. And then as I got into the MHA program here at SIU, I was like, man, they're teaching me stuff that that I never even knew about. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for some that may not know, health, business and health go hand in hand. Like they're very they work closely together. So with the MHA program, you know, they teach you more administrative work. Mm-hmm. You know, you at the top. How can we bring once again more value to people? Yeah. And and how do we make it more economical? So um, and access as well, making it accessible to people. Just like in rural towns and rural communities, you guys. Well, not you guys, but but having access to proper care. Man, being or, here since 2013, you're near a townie at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm not even gonna fight it no more. I was like, you know what. <laughs> But um, where'd you uh, where where are you from originally? Chicago. Chicago. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Chicago. Hey, dude, Chicago. It, it's this is people people miss just just a fraction 
of activity coming out of Chicago benefiting, you know, the, the, uh, town here in Carbondale and all over this state, right? It's like, we're the, we've got the third largest city in the United States. Like we take that so much for granted and like how positive an impact that has on the rest of the state. Like, yeah. Yeah, Like even when, when I was back home and I was telling everyone I was coming down to SIU, they knew what it was. Yeah. They've been here before. Yeah. They told me, they started telling me stories. I went to church. They're telling me stories back from the 50s. I'm like, yo. I'm like, but, um, you know, they told me, like, you know, it's when when, it, when you're talking about community, yeah. a sense of community, like, it's here. We have that. They have that down there. And they knew that, you know, once I get down to SIU, I was going to do great things and I was going to meet great people. And they were right. They were right. And my first, I mean, my first week um, on campus, like, it was pure silence. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm from Chicago, from the inner city, South Side. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of everything. Yeah. But when I got down to Carbondale, it helped me, f- you know, focus more on the things that I wanted to focus on without any distractions. Yeah. So you know, yeah, Carbondale has its perks. Man, it's me. not as quiet as it used to be. I don't know where all this hell here. I I say I don't know. This ties directly into your work. I do have a pretty good idea where that helicopter activity is coming from. Is that we we have we have now established a level one trauma center. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I I would have to double check with anybody yeah. at SIH who would actually know better, but I'm pretty sure we're a level one trauma center now. Yeah. Part of that is having your brother's in aviation, having or was in aviation or is a mm-hmm. pilot or wherever he's yeah. at now, yeah. spreading his wings. Right. The yeah. um, that we've now got a a uh, medevac, um, yeah, aerovac uh, station out at. The airport, right? Mm-hmm. So our ability to actually like transport people um, mm-hmm. at a at a you know next level of trauma, like you're talking about, being yeah. able to provide value to people, yeah, right. Um, it's made a little bit noisier in the sky at night sometimes, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh the day um the SAU like went you know public with hey we have a trauma center like I was there at that celebration. Uh huh. Now I wasn't like invited there. I worked for a company that was catering nice. for that event. And I was able to meet a couple of people that were there and they were saying how big it was. And it actually is a big deal. Yeah. Because they was giving us different examples of how people who had incidents that needed to get help at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, they had to fly out to St. Louis or wherever it is, you know, that's far away. And that was too far. So having that new trauma center here, it's right up the street, it's it's nice. It yeah. helps people. I know they probably saved a, a bunch of lives already. So it's really good. Yeah. It's really no, I good. mean, it's just, it's, you know, for, for all of the, you know, and we do have an abundance of issues with healthcare mm-hmm. in this country. Like we're, we're lucky, I think just as a, as a region to have, mm-hmm. I don't know, just being, being rural, but being a, a developed rural community, yeah. having immediate access to a large um, a city like St. Louis, um, yeah. you know, for, for really, really yeah. in, <laughs> in, important stuff. Um, you know, I, I just, yeah, it's cool that that all, that all comes together and that it makes sense to, to, to have here and that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the med school and all those components yep. to it. I mean, that's, that's another big value add from just being able to service folks. Yep. 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 I agree. <laughs> I agree. So Bachelor of Science, yeah, you connect that into the 
the master of healthcare administration? Is it two different masters within healthcare administration, or you you do you have uh, the what is the other the other one? And if I missed it, I'm I'm sorry. I'm oh no, um, <laughs> the second one is uh, health informatics. It's just how you analyze health data uh-huh. to uh, make people's lives better. To nice. sum it up, yeah, yeah. So that's the uh, the the last part of my masters, and I'll hop more into that in the fall. Mm-hmm. So if we uh, do another interview, I'll tell you more about it. There, there you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> when, when you like when I'm when I'm at the next level, uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll be the first note. The yeah. um, uh, is so has math always been a thing too for you? Like, do you just are you? statistics and numbers and whatever else all come together well uh, for you or it's it does but <laughs> i'm not i'm not the best yeah because if i was i would say the engineering <laughs> but um to tell you the truth I'm, I'm fairly decent in it yeah but like when it comes down to business and different products like don't get me wrong statistics and math is huge in business yeah but am i like the best best no but i can you know if i if i got a problem i need to you know do something, I can do it. I can you're do it you're a communicator and a relationship person. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and somewhat of a numbers guy. There you, you go. know, some <laughs> how it puts together. So how how do the numbers work out for the project that you're working on now? Then, like, what does what does that look like in terms of just what you want to what you want to deliver and and mm-hmm. you know what success looks like behind it when you're starting from as very square one as you can possibly get. Um. If you're in grad school and you're taking out student loans, yeah, you get a refund check. So I'm like, okay, well, I can go ahead and instead of taking this refund check and paying off the rest of my year, my, my, my school year's rent, or taking the money and going to buy clothes, shoes, or stuff that doesn't ha- will not have any value in the future, mm-hmm. how about I take this money, invest into a company, build it out, you know, and proceed forward. So, uh, that's what I decided to do. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's, but, that's heavy, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I know, I know what it's like to, to fill up a, fill up a credit card with debt for a, <laughs> for a project or do something else. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's terrifying every time. Cause you know what you're on the hook for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I will also take a, a small percentage and then put it in, um, I trade currencies on the foreign exchange market. Mm-hmm. So um, I just do my buying and selling the currencies, make a profit here, bring the money home, put into the company. You know, it's built when you're building a company from the ground up. Sometimes you're going to have some unexpected expenses. And if you don't have the money to pay it, well, your company may die. Mm-hmm. So um, I was already going into student loan debt. And I'm just like, man, I, I need more money. Yeah. I need more funds. So. You know, I had to get a little creative, and sometimes that means waking up at 5.30 in the morning, you know, waking up to trade before class. Then I'm at class, then I leave class and go um, uh, to work on campus for my GA position. Uh-huh. And then I get off, then I go home and study. Then once I'm done studying or doing my homework, now I'm back at Swift yeah. doing work there. Next thing you know, it's like 2 in the morning, go to bed, wake up at 5.30 again, do it all <laughs> over. So... It's um you got to be really dedicated. Yeah. You know, if you want to start something, it's like take it's like a baby like this is this is my baby. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever whatever I can to make sure that you know it gets what it need to go into the next level. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's that's it, man. That's that's the mindset that you've got to have yeah. behind anything when you're when you're putting in the work in from from square one and figuring out what what mm-hmm. is this, what how does it all come together? Like yeah. it's just having that craving to do more with the resources that are in front of you. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, it's good man i'm glad yeah. you got the got the heart and the stomach for it and it <laughs> yeah. doesn't scare you off the first go around oh no I mean, it's one and once you're bit by it it's like you got you just you either do or you don't yep. right it's like you either you're either going to keep pursuing yep. and being entrepreneurial and like trying mm-hmm. to find ways to to have some sort of a positive influence over folks and yeah. make a little money along the way like yeah. it's yeah. a very real thing yeah <laughs> it's a very yeah. real feeling uh, <laughs> yeah. worth chasing mm-hmm. uh, it's been fun. It's it's going really well. Like it's it's going way better than I thought. Yeah. But from my first venture that I did with my friends, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Like that was like my roadmap. You know, you have a product, you have an idea, cool. Now you figure out, okay, well, what problem can you solve? Mm-hmm. Once you find a solution, now, okay, how can you sell that to whomever that you want to sell it to? Yeah. You know, you gotta have that. You gotta have that process. So, um, it's a uh, it's, 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 it's been challenging, but it's been rewarding at the same time because as I'm working my way up, building my brand, my presence and everything, people are now you know able to start to see more of you know, the scooter. And I have other products as well that I want to bring out and release, but you only can do it in certain stages. So what are you, what are you wanting to do? What are you trying to deliver to folks? What's kind of the core idea behind what you're working on? Yeah, so it's all about increasing transportation. Mm-hmm. As we know, in, in many rural towns across America, transportation is one of the biggest hurdles that some people have to cross uh, or jump over if they don't have means to a car. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when you have a means to a car, that necessarily doesn't mean that that's the best transportation for the specific area that you're going to. Mm-hmm. Because you can't you can drive a car on campus, but you can't you know, bob and weave through the campus to get yeah. to a certain building. I mean, it depends on how you drive the car, man. But that's yeah. Just yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. But, um, you know, my, my end goal is to, to I, I was that student, um, especially in my undergraduate years, I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So when those days where it was, um, well, if I need to go to Walmart, if I need to go to Walgreens, or if I was trying to get to a friend's house, and I didn't have a car, well, I would have to walk. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, in Carpenter, you know how long, you know, those walks can be. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so think about even when you go into class on campus, if you stay in the dorms, right? And you have to go from the dorms to on campus, you got books in your backpack, you, you know what I'm saying? It, like the life of being like a college student, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's, it's very complex in its way. Because you're not just going to class, or you might be going to an RSO meeting, or you might be, you know what I'm saying, you might be doing some type of anything, but, you know, like, hopefully with Swift, it, it'd be easy for people to go place from one place to another, you know? So, what is the, is, is it like the traditional scan-and-go scooter stuff, or do, have you, like, have a deeper, um, you know, mechanism within this for, for folks that that is like seeking to, to deliver on a convenience or yeah. to actually like get more people able and, and using, um, you didn't say e transportation. There was a very particular phrase you used earlier before we started the podcast. I oh, can't remember what it was now. Micro mobility, micro mobility. Yeah. You. Yeah. Micro mobility. <laughs> it refers to lightweight vehicles that travel under 25 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
vehicles like scooters, bikes, mopeds, those are um, devices that can be used to travel short distance. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the way that micromobility came about was to solve um, um, transportation issues from home to like the bus, uh -huh. and then from the bus to your next destination. Mm -hmm. So it's like the first, it's the first mile, last mile problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to solve. You know, I'm not trying to say, hey, stop driving cars. Mm -hmm. Stop taking the bus. Like, drive swift. Like, no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to make it, make a way where people have other options to use. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Carbondale is growing. And when it comes down to transportation, it, you want people to stay in the city. Like, you, people have to be able to get from place to place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's what I hope that, you know, we can fill that void. Well, and it's, it's interesting. You know, again, another thing that we were talking about before the start on the podcast was, uh, you know, I had just read a couple days ago a, a brief article about uh, a new Swedish manufactured yeah. e-bike that hits 37 or 40 miles an hour, something to that yeah. effect. And that is by European standards, not allowed mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. for, for commuting in, in uh, the EU territories. So mm -hmm. they have all the infrastructure for, um, Micro mobility, right. even if micro mobility is going a little bit faster than in that right. case with 37 miles an hour. But mm. the um, and uh, they have all the infrastructure, but none of the fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, acceptance of, you know, allowing these vehicles to go faster and faster on the infrastructure that's in place for them. Yeah. Whereas in America, we don't have any of the infrastructure for it, but we're just kind of the wild west on, hey, yeah. <laughs> that's got an electric scooter or e-bike yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. It could go 50 miles an hour. Let yeah. it rip, man. Yeah. So um, what a lot of cities worry about is um, safety. Uh-huh. And I'm big on safety. Like, um, well, you had said, how do people access it? They'll use it. They'll go through an app. Uh -huh. I'm going to answer that first. They'll end up going through our Swift app and then, you know, scan it. Boom. That's how you go. There you go. You know. But um, um to actually... When you're talking about safety, like I didn't, like, I can control the mileage on here. Uh huh. So let's say if SAU, let's say if Carbon is saying, hey, Marshawn, go ahead, we do it, a pilot program, mm -hmm. and you know, put your scooters out there, put your bikes, put all your other devices out there, and let's see what happens, right? Well, me, I'm not gonna let students or you know anybody ride a scooter and let it go down 40 miles per hour down yeah. the street. I'm just yeah. not going to let that happen <laughs> at all because that's liability. Yeah. If someone gets hurt, who's liable, yeah. you know? So um, you can control the miles per hour, and typically go, when you're going like, you know, 10 to 11 miles per hour, that's, that's appropriate. Yeah, that, that's, that's, and that's, that's pretty fast. Like, yeah, right, right. People don't that's, realize until they're on it and going. Yeah, like, well, people really don't realize until they fall. When you fall, yeah. you yes. You say, man, I was going really, really, this is crazy. Like, yeah. you'll feel the wind in your face and everything. But the average bike goes 13 to 15 miles mm -hmm. per hour. That's pretty fast on a bike. Yeah. So think about going on a scooter. So I, it's certain, um, like, on our, on the back end, we can control every device that yeah. we have, and we can control the speed. So it's going to be certain areas around the town and on campus where you can go a certain miles per hour. We're all, give, give a shout out for all your details on this. Real quick, too. All the stuff you text me. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, you could 
follow us on like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram um, at Swift S W I P H. Uh, Instagram is Swift Co. Because I couldn't get the regular Swift, somebody took it. So Amen. it's at S W I P H C O. You can reach us on uh, our website at www.swift.co. www.swift.co. Hit enter, you'll find us. You know um, how to sell it, man. It's good. I dig it. I dig it. That's, yeah. the, that's the business part of doing business, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, and if you want to shoot us an email, um, you can reach me personally, Marshawn, M-A-R-S-H-O-N, at swift.co. Nice. So, like, then how did you get into that entrepreneurial, like, mm-hmm. mindset? Was it something that you picked up coming into mm-hmm. uh, college, like, with your with your first endeavor there? Or was it something that you've had from a younger age? Um, it, I, I always had it in me, you know, because of my mom. She always had, like, she was an entrepreneur. She worked two jobs. She did hair on the side, so... Um, I pretty much got it from her. Yeah. And it just built out from there. Like, it just, like, once I realized that, hey, you can do something, provide a service, and then get paid for it. Yeah. And it just repeat that process over and over again. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, I got to <laughs> do that. Well, and I mean, just, just you know, seeing, well, what, what can you achieve if you're setting your mind to, like, yep. I'm not, I'm going to make sure that I'm not just relying on a single yep. activity to keep me propped up. Like yeah. I'm going to, you know, I can work a day job. I can pursue a business on the side. Yep. I can do a little bit of trading here yep. or there to like, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, one of those ways that like, just keep going a, just a little bit more hustle, get you a, yep. a lot a bit farther yep. in the long term of things. Yep. And today's folks. world, in today's world, having one source of income, man, that's like, man, that's, it, I mean, it depends on how much you make, but the average American, that's not enough. Yeah. You know, so you have to have some type of other income coming in. So it's always good to make investments. Like if you're going to go take a check, you know, pay your bills, put some away for savings, mm-hmm. and then you have some money to play over, play with, you know, I highly recommend that you make those investments, whether if it's real estate, whether if it's stocks, whether if it's um, peer-to-peer lending, like stuff like that is what's going to help, one, keep our economy booming and going. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Two, in return, you'll get interest on your initial principal that you put into that investment. Mm-hmm. And um, it's best to spend that interest versus spending what's coming in from your check. Yeah. Because if you spend it everything, if you get your check, pay your bills, put away and save, and you spend the rest, well, now you you basically live in check to check now. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's always good to have multiple sources of income because nowadays, like it's it's needed. Like you have to have some other income coming in. Because mm-hmm. look what happened during the pandemic. L- like millions of people lost their jobs. Yeah. You know, and once that job was gone, where was your income coming in from? Were you still were you still doing any sort of catering or any other activity in no. the service world that got that got knocked down when uh, uh, what? pandemic what? hit? Well, um. No, I wasn't. All right, cool. When the See pandemic, you. yeah, I was good. good. I was, I was still under um, contract with the university. Oh, thank God. So you know they and they did a really good job with making sure that their students were taken care of. Like you know, I mean, I know I'm under contract. We're under contract and stuff. Yeah. But like they could have been like, oh, we can't because of. They could have made up some type of excuse. Yeah. But they didn't. They took care of what they could do. You know, and I, I, res- I respect them for that one, because, good. like GAs, we don't get paid a lot. 
mm-hmm. and like the cost of living is is super high for college students, mm-hmm. especially when you only have one job. So, yeah. but um, yeah. No, that, I mean, dude, that's yeah. cost of living is is you know the the amount that that you gotta spend on rent and all of the other ancillary yeah. bills that go with just having shelter. It's yeah. It's it's not it's not the same as what it was 20 30 years yeah. ago, right? Yep. Like it was it's never been great, but it's it wasn't like ah rent's going to take up the majority of your income. Good yep. luck. Like yep. like that's where the, all that additional hustle has to come from. Like yep. and it it sucks that it's one thing to, you know, for the folks that like it and enjoy it, right? But for everybody to feel like they've got to be going 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 mm-hmm. you know whether it's you know working all day and then doing uber at night or something yep. like that or having yep. a, having a weekend job or something to that effect i mean it just mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah it's a bummer that we uh that those who may not want to hustle so hard have to <laughs> exactly. just to get by exactly and so now let's just say of 2017 2018 right yeah. life was life was good yeah. you know everything was going smooth you know everyday life and then let's say if you was putting money away, you had other investments coming, you had other income coming in, right? Let's say if you're investing in real estate, okay? And so every month you'll get um, you get about $600 a month coming in, mm-hmm. right? And then the pandemic happened, you lose your job. Well, at least you got $600 coming in every month. Yeah. You know, that's better than nothing. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, 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 it's you always got to prepare for the worst. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, like for myself, um, like once I'm once I graduate, like I've put money away for in savings. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I have money that's just sitting. Yeah. You know, just put it away, because you know you want your money to save you, especially on those rainy days. No. For real. No, and I mean, man, it just you're, you sound like you've got, uh, opportunities to do. And go the directions that you want to go with stuff, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, coming out of the gate with, you know, just a little bit of a better understanding of what it takes to to manage yourself mm-hmm. uh, and a project on the back end that, yeah. you know, healthcare systems are going to look at you and go, oh, yeah, this is the look at all these things that come together. The the, mm-hmm. the actual the the administrative side and the statistical mm-hmm. side and the business mm-hmm. side and all this. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, OK. Yeah, let's let's get you into administration. So yeah, yeah. And then it's just more yeah. cash flow from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do definitely because um, a lot of people say, "Well, you started a scooter company, but you're in healthcare. How does that correlate? How's that?" And I'm just like, "Well, you got to remember, my I wanted to be an entrepreneur since day one. Uh-huh. So, and I'm going to use once this grows, then I'm going to take the funds of that and then invest it into uh, preventative care. Mm-hmm. I want to go more into that area." Let's prevent people from getting sick in the first place, mm-hmm. because I feel like there are individuals out there who spend more money to keep us sick. Mm-hmm. They damage our foods that we get from, you know, major chain grocery stores mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, I want to go into preventative care where I can help people prevent them from getting sick in the first place. Which one, it expands their lifespan from there, yeah. and then two, it's like, okay, we give you guidance on all right, what you should do now what you should do in the next five years, 10 years, like set up different type of goal plans. So it's still something that I'm learning about. Mm-hmm. And, but once, you know, this takes off and everything, I'm going straight into that. 
Are you into. have you always been kind of into uh, the the healthy like I got to eat right, I got to live right, like this you know taking care of myself isn't just about uh, you know seeing the doctor, but like there's this whole you know sphere of care of a person that kind of yeah. builds you know you or the people around you, however however you want to look at it, right? Yeah. But um, is that is that kind of holistic approach to um, to taking care of oneself, something that uh, mm-hmm. that you've recently developed or kind of had have always had a little bit of an eye on? Well, I was always into sports. Nice. Before uh, I came to college. Uh-huh. And so I was always up to eating healthy, treating your body right, because you only get one body. Yeah. And then I got to college, and I, I, gained, I got the freshman 15, and <laughs> everything went out the window. Uh-huh. But um, I still do my daily exercising every day, work out every day. So, but, um, and I still do, I eat healthy, seven, you know, I try to, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's, it's, I think it's important for, for those to, you know, be able to take care of their bodies and eat the proper foods yeah. like that, that will determine your whole day. Mm-hmm. Like make sure you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the right proportions and make sure that your body is getting the right intake of water and vitamins and everything mm-hmm. that will definitely, um, um, help you throughout your day but if you if you don't take care of your body you're going to be sluggish you're going to be drowsy you're just not going to have any ambition you know no drive but eating healthy you know exercising that stuff is key well that's then that's the intersection of you know that that preventative care um you know activity that you're that you're talking about i mean just from a from a layman's perspective it's like well where does it start it starts in how you treat yeah. yourself and i'm not one that can talk too well about yeah. <laughs> that. No. i'm pretty even even for a vegetarian like i'm like mm. a garbage eating vegetarian like that's just yeah. me, <laughs> what i what hey, i do you, somehow but, i still manage to do just fine off of like french mm-hmm. fries and cheese sticks and stuff you're a vegetarian but, yeah yo you gotta teach me your ways man dude it's uh no it's there's there's not ways to it it's just it's just poor poor dieting only without the hamburger oh. <laughs> that's, that's all it is man my <laughs> here's I will say that the that the um, plant-based meat trends has made it much more manageable like mm-hmm. chicken nuggets and chicken patties yeah like plant-based stuff way like it's just as just as uh, uh, similar to um, you know, real chicken as an actual chicken nugget or a chicken patty. Yeah. So that kind of works out okay. Yeah. So that's 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 trick number one is the fake meat stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's not bad. You know, Chongos, great example of Chongos. Like I can mm-hmm. go to Chongos and eat just as good on a giant plate of nachos with a bunch of beans and rice yeah. um, and tofu and some of the grilled mm-hmm. veggie selection stuff. Mm-hmm. And that is just as filling as you know, having a bunch of steak or chicken or something yeah. else on it yeah. would be. So like I said, man, I just, my secret to being a vegetarian is just eating like garbage anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just eating the same type of stuff I would just without the meat. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I say garbage. I, I love the food that I eat, but that doesn't mean that I don't eat too much of it. Listen, man, this is interviewing about me and how I feel and how I eat my feelings. <laughs> All right, Marshawn. No, it's, um, <laughs> um but no, man, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's cool. So, um, um, with, uh, with all the healthcare, uh, activity, I mean, how does, how does the prospect of, uh, you know, healthcare politics play into decisions that you make like in the short and long term? Like, is there, is, is there still a, 
demand for work that you're studying to do if we're say in a single healthcare payer system or a single payer healthcare system 15 mm -hmm. or 20 years from now mm -hmm. you know i'd love for it to be five but i know that's not going to happen so i'll deal yeah. with what i gotta deal with like i'm just i'm one of those people that's like terrified of the healthcare system because I don't know what it's going to cost me to go participate in the healthcare system. Like yeah. that's a, it's a real concern for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. It's, it's, uh, we got a long way to go. Yeah. And for us to be able to, you know, make the changes that we need to make, you know, it's, it's, it's all about looking at, okay, well, first off, everyone needs healthcare. Yeah. And I feel like, like when you turn for myself, like when you, when I turn twenty six, mm -hmm. you like you offer your parents healthcare. You yeah. get with your own. So when I was going to get my own healthcare, I'm like, okay, well, which healthcare should I get? What should I do? What should mm -hmm. I, you know? And so I made my decisions on how I should go about it. But when I started seeing those prices, they were like super expensive. Yeah. Based off the income that I made every year from being a GA. Mm -hmm. But I think um, it has to be. Like I feel like if we could put a lot of money towards like, like war and stuff, like mm -hmm. let's put more, let's put a little bit more focus on what's going on in the states and yeah. let's let's put some focus on that. Like we we need, you know, healthcare that that's reasonable, that is still fit. You know, everyone needs. But we're going through the changes right now. Yeah. Like it's it's been it's been a it's been a battle, but we're going through the changes. No, I think we're and I think we're still gonna, you know. I just, in the very least, for folks that are around our generations, being like, why, why are we, why are we not having better health care when we, when we should? Like, yeah. why do we spend so much money on health care? Yeah. Like when it's, it's we're we're struggling in in, um, in other spaces. Yeah. Or sorry, let me let me rewind and 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 talk right like I'm trying to that. Other other countries can spend half as much on healthcare for yeah. similar or better outcomes, and we're in here just spending way too much money on it. Yeah. And like, I'm sure there's like some you know there's there's plenty of components that are that are of value like research and development, but then there's stuff that is not so much. Yeah, yeah, and I think like we have we have the ability to to make those changes. Yeah, you know we're not one of the greatest countries in the world just by mistake. Yeah. You know, we have the resources all about, okay, are we going to put our profits to the side and let's look at it from a, a holistic, let's look at it from a human to human standpoint. Yeah. Let's put the money to the side first because I feel like it's been, it's all, it's driven about, it's all about money. Yeah. You know, like this is the prices are outrageous. You know, we spend double, triple the amount, but we get less than half the results. That means we, something's wrong. Do you learn about that, like in school? Is that part of the discussion, or like what yeah. is the discussion like in the work that you that you're putting in? Yeah, uh, so, in in healthcare management. Yeah, so like we we discuss a wide variety of topics that happen in healthcare, current events, old events, but we 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 want to focus on okay, we know where we are right now, mm -hmm. right? What services can we provide to people that's one in a way where they get everything that they need, everything that they need for economical price, and it, can they get to, you know, what I'm saying that specific healthcare resource. Mm -hmm. So that's been one of the toughest. But technology has helped, um, 
lower the cost, mm-hmm. lower the, the 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 access to it. So as we continue to 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 expand our technology, like people are more able to they, they're able to get to those you know those healthcare resources that they might need. No tech. Uh, yeah, it, it's just the 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 ease of access. I yeah, I did a, a having been in a, a a car wreck some months back. You're from Chicago. You appreciate getting rear-ended on the Dan Ryan Expressway ah. in the middle of rush hour doing seventy miles an hour. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Anyway, the <laughs> so the um uh you know the the ability to just like telehealth in after a couple of visits and, and yeah. it just be easy enough to, to talk to a doctor and, and run it through that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the physical therapy having like, you know, using ultrasound to, yeah. to like work out, you know, mm-hmm. muscles and, and, um, you know, issues in, in a joint and mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's, it's, you know, having zero comprehension of, of healthcare mm-hmm. practices, policies, technology, whatever, like any mm-hmm. little bit of interaction that I have with the healthcare system, it's like, Ooh, yeah. ah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot going on. Yeah. And like uh, physical therapy, like uh-huh. if you have an accident and you have to go to physical therapy, do the exercises that they tell you to do and do them right. Yeah. Like that will help you get your mobility back or whatever it is that you're trying to work on. It's going to make it better. Have you had to go through that before? Yeah, definitely. As an athlete, yeah. um, I twisted my ankle to like the third degree. Ooh. Yeah, it hurt it. Like I was going up for a layup and a guy, he stepped on my foot off the foot I was pushing off of going mm-hmm. into the air. So like his foot was on top of mine and I was jumping up, but he was holding me down. Mm-hmm. So my ankle like just like popped and I had a tennis ball on the side of my ankle less than like 30 seconds. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But I continued to play through the game though. And we won, so it was all worth it. But <laughs> oh, man. I was like, "How long did it take to recover from that?" Oh, like, like, like four weeks. Dang, like four weeks, four weeks. And I didn't start playing basketball till probably like the sixth week. Uh-huh. You know, you gotta gradually take my. I took my time with it because I knew if I wanted to um, finish out the season, I was mm-hmm. gonna have to take my uh, my physical therapy seriously. Yeah. I mean, were were you a, were you a multi sport athlete, or were you just like basketball was kind of your thing? And um, I played different sports, uh-huh. um, but my 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 passion was basketball. Nice, you know. Um, I know eighth grade, I played football for like one year, wasn't my thing. Yeah, I was a good quarterback, but it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm gonna lead this. To, I'm gonna lead this to the guys for like playing football. Yeah, and then um, hopped into basketball, and. When I hopped into basketball, I wasn't the best. Yeah. Like, I, I started in sixth grade playing basketball. I Sixth through my senior year of high school is when I – that was my basketball career. Yeah. And so from, like, the age from, – from grade six to eighth grade, like, I was always playing with guys who were older than me. Yeah. And because I had to catch up. Like, I didn't have anyone to, like, show me, like, hey, this is how you play the game of basketball – and so I had to really – I literally started at the end of the bench yeah. of my basketball career. And each year as I, each year as I, you know, gotten older and went up in grade, like, I became – I don't know. I became more confident. And then I started – I went from 
end of the bench to like to the six man. Uh-huh. And I went from the six man to a starter. So like by the time I got into high school, I had already my character was when it came to basketball was fully developed. Yeah. When it came to leadership, fully developed. When it came to analyzing the game, um, during the game and analyzing other players, it was there. Yeah. I was hungry. And so <laughs> When I got to um, when I got to the the end of my senior year, you know I didn't I didn't have any scholarships, I didn't have any offers, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Which you know I was I was sad about it, but then I just I brushed it off. Yeah. I was just like you know what I I know that I can go into something else and do something more. So when yeah. I got to SIU, um, I was like you know what I gotta find something different. And then that's when I came across business. I was like, I could mm. go into business and apply the same principles and see what I could do with it. And it actually worked out in my favor. So, like, a lot of my friends asked me, hey, you want to play basketball? You want Let's talk about basketball. Forget that, man. I, I'm on some <laughs> Like, you know, you know, so, um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, uh, there's I'm, – I'm not a sports guy, never have been. It's just not mm. my thing. But so many people that – participate uh, in business are entrepreneurial in nature. Part yeah. of that is like sport, uh, you know, a, a sport background and a sport interest, the, yeah. the team play, the leadership, uh, you mm. know, the analytics, like you were talking about, do you yeah. feel like in the, in the first endeavor, like that some of the, some of the mindset of being in sport really translated into uh, mm. business for you? Like, did you feel the connection between the two as, as natural? Yeah. It was a natural flow, easy. But see, I'm I'm really good at adapting to my to to wherever I'm at. Yeah. You know, like I know who I am as a person. Yeah. So now when I go out and I'm in different areas, I'm like, okay, cool. This is how this is the vibe here. This is how everything is done. Yeah. Let me you know go accordingly. And if I need to be innovative and change something, then I'll go ahead and do that, and I'll be able to meet the needs of the people that I'm trying to help. You know, mm-hmm. or make that change with. So yeah. Is that part of Carbondale living too for you? Like, do you kind of like that part of just being able to, you know, adapt to whatever room that you're that you're in with whoever you're in it with at any point? Yeah, yeah. But when I got down to Carbondale, it was it was just natural. It was like a natural. Like, it wasn't it wasn't hard for me. Yeah, it wasn't hard. And I asked myself, like, man, when I like, how do you go from, you know, what I'm saying, how do you go from a loud urban community in Chicago on the South Side? And you come down to Carbondale where it's like damn nice, total opposite. Yeah. How do you go? How do you handle that that transition? Because mm-hmm. some people, some people, they get paranoid. They be like, yeah. "What is going on? It's too quiet out here." Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I was like, "Thank God, I could relax. I could yeah. lean back. Like you know, you know." So that's what um, I think. Don't get me wrong. I think like the first, like the first like two weeks, I was. I was like, is this really real? Like, is it really that calm out here? But it, it it felt good, though. Yeah. It felt good. I was like, okay, I can go ahead and do what I need to do. I got to look over my shoulder. I don't have to worry about all the extra crap that be happening. Yeah. You know, so it was it was good. Well, and it's we, – we used to do I, – you know, I, I don't remember if I was talking on a podcast about this or just talking to somebody in general about this, but but I've talked to uh, folks, and I, I can't remember what – what context that other podcast interviews have provided to this. But, uh, you know, we used to have programs that worked really well with like 
if folks are coming into Carbondale from places that are louder than Carbondale, yeah. like coming in from the south side of Chicago, and that we would yeah. have like programs that was like, hey, like here's what to expect, and here's like what's going on in small town Carbondale. Like here's yeah. how to get adjusted to yeah. you know this this just pace of yeah. living on on campus and in a small town. Yeah, right, yeah. and and that is. You know, for a lot of people, it's a it's a change, yeah. right? But like understanding that, you know, you've got to be able to help people accommodate when they move here from somewhere very different. Yeah. You know, I I still we need to be to regrow Carbondale. I think we need to be like reach out to folks that are displaced by climate change, right? But yeah. for us as a community to help people like adapt to here, like we need to have a way to like welcome folks and and like a way mm -hmm. to introduce people to the community and what's going on and like the pace of living here and like why it yeah. may be more quiet or more loud than what they're used to yeah um you know yeah. in both directions yeah 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 and like i know a lot of people might say well what do you mean by loud right so i come from like there's uh, a little bit of bass kicking off in a car outside right now. Right, right, that's right. <laughs> that is nothing. Like that's that's like that's how loud it gets in Carbondale. Yeah. Like, so so, um, I grew up in, in uh, West Woodlawn community mm -hmm. in Chicago. It's right next to High Park in Bronzeville and Inglewood. Mm -hmm. And so, in that neighborhood, it's a lot of uh, gang violence. It's a lot of poverty. It's it's just a lot. It's like it's a crab in a barrel type of mentality. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't. It's not like that because people just want to be like that. It's, it's it was created by design. Yeah. So it's just like just imagine you being in a place, and this is all you know. You were never exposed to what goes on outside of your zip code. Mm -hmm. So you might you you're more inclined to go with the flow. Yeah. You know, you're more inclined to do you know as Romans do, do as everybody else do. Mm -hmm. But if if you are exposed, say, hey, let me, we're 15 minutes from downtown. Let me show you what's going on downtown real quick. You've been on Michigan Avenue, mm -hmm. the Magnificent Mile. Have you been to Navy Pier? Have you been to the, you know, to the, to the boats? You've been on the yachts? Like, have you, some people don't get that chance. Yeah. So when you're stuck in that type of environment, it's a lot of noise. It's loud. It's like you can't, you can't really see, any, you can't even see any opportunities really. Mm -hmm. But um, luckily, you know what I'm saying, my mom, you know, my grandmother, my aunt, like they really guided me and saying, look, don't go left, go right. Yeah. You see that? If you want to be like that, you want to end up jail, you want to end up in, you know, dead, if you want to be too big a hustler, go ahead. You do that. But this is where you're going to end up. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, do I want to go down that route or do I want to go this way, go to the right? Where I can go ahead, get a good education, you know what I'm saying? You know, do, do the right, get a good education, get a job, get a home, get a family, do that type of stuff. Yeah. Cool. You want to travel? You can do that. And so I had a chance to travel, um, which actually opened up my mind even more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to travel through basketball. Like, we did our family trips mm -hmm. every now and again. But once I got to, like, we, we did family trips, like, when I was, like, maybe like fourth grade to like fifth grade, maybe. But when I got to eighth grade, well, when I was going into high school, I'm sorry, I got recruited to go um, to Europe mm -hmm. to play basketball. I was wow. going to be out there for two weeks or whatever. It was with an organization called People to People Organization. Mm -hmm. um, and it was created by Dwight D. Eisenhower. 
and it was for um, kids to be able to get out of wherever they're from and intermingle internationally mm -hmm. with different kids from different races and different nationalities and stuff. So it was awesome, and that really opened my mind up. And I said, man, this world is way bigger than where I'm you know, from. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm, ch I'm going to chase that. That's what I'm going to chase. I'm going to be able to chase to do what I want to, you know, whenever I want to, and live a nice life the best way I can. Do you, do you get <clears throat> some of the fulfillment of interacting with folks from all walks of life, like just by being in town, right? Like I always pitch this place to people like, hey, we're, we're a legitimate international community in a small rural town. Like mm -hmm. that's by virtue of, of what exists here with the university, mm -hmm. um, you know, and now with, with more industry developing, um, you know, in the, in the area that, that can draw uh, international attention. But, um, you know, is, is that something that you've been able to like latch on and, and derive value from in Carbondale? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, when they say it's diverse, it is diverse. It's different cultures and nationalities here. You just have to be open enough to seek it. Yeah. Because some people might say, I'm going to stick to my niche group and I'm not going to expand out of this. But I have friends from here to California, from Carbondale to Chicago, from Carbondale to Asia, from yeah. Carbondale to Saudi Arabia. Like, and I met a lot of those people here. Yeah. You know? So it's all about, you know, do you want to expand and actually be open enough and be understanding to see where people are coming from? Yeah. I was open. <laughs> and it been, it, it's, very, it's very beneficial. Like, yeah. um... Uh, uh, about two weeks ago, I went to a friend of mine's house, and he was he's doing a project for um you know the guy who made Dippin' Dots, yeah yeah Kurt yeah Kurt so he's he's doing some more innovative stuff, <coughs> and so my friend is doing a project with Kurt, and he had me come over and try some different products, and after we tried the products, his my my international friend, um he had some more of his friends there. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up um, like making like this big old dinner, and we all ate, sat in a big circle. It mm -hmm. was like something that was, it was a, di it was just a different feeling. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, like back home I sit with my family, we eat at the table, we had our own type of culture and way of doing things. Yeah. But when you're dealing with someone that's from that's not from here, that could be from India or Saudi Arabia, yeah. like they do things way differently. Yeah. The conversations are different. Like it was just, it was a great experience. You know, to be able to sit down and break bread with someone that I never knew, you know what I'm saying? And it was just genuine love. I'm trying to think of the guy. Oh, man, that like I, I forgot all about this guy. I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, what, what this dude would post. But like he used to work for for Kurt at Dimension. This has been probably maybe like two years now. Mm -hmm. I just maybe it was Snapchat. I feel like it was Snapchat it was when Snapchat was like still useful for <laughs> yeah but like it, and it was just this you know this dude living a living a cool uh living a cool life in carbondale part of that was him working um yeah. working for uh for kurt at uh at dippin dots yeah man yeah the i mean so so do you um i mean just being in the sbdc i mean mm -hmm. do you just feel like you're getting the exposure to uh you know, stuff that you otherwise wouldn't get access to as well, just by like being in the building and being around folks and being able to like rub elbows with people. Yep. Yep. And I would, I hope that somewhere in the future soon, 
that the SBDC and the university, uh, uh, they, they, I hope they work more together. Like we have some good entrepreneurs that has, that's been here over the past few years. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were able to work with the university or not in a big, like in a, in a, in a big capacity type of way. Like, yeah. you know, they let you do like small little events here and there, but I'm talking about doing big boy deals. Yeah. You know, because we have vendors that SAU does business with. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of those deals, big boy deals. Yeah. You know, so SB, uh, the SBDC here, yo, they, the resources are endless. You know, like if you have an idea, they will support you, but you got to put the work in. Yeah. They're not going to be like, all right, let me hold your hand and let's do, like, we're not, they're not, they're not going to do that, you know, because there are other entrepreneurs that that's taking this very seriously. And they're bringing a lot to the table, you know. So, if you uh, if you got a business, you got a business idea, go to the SBDC. They'll help you out. Talk to Deborah. She cold. She good. Tell yeah. me. Now I've hit. I've hit. Uh, maybe 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 this will be a good way to to convince her on. I, I hit her and Greg up. I mean, it was just an email. I haven't followed up or anything. Oh yeah, Greg trying too. to get my to bad. do what? Greg too. My bad. Greg is he's he's cool. He's oh cool. yeah, no. I mean, dude, it's 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 why. I mean, it used to be. You know, I, I don't, I don't remember what it looked like when I, when I, when my had my first encounter with the SBDC, mm-hmm. it would have been like 20, 2011. So it's been about, it's been about ten years now. Yeah. Who feel older every time I have a conversation? <laughs> I stop this anyway. So, uh, but did, um, did uh, something that was sponsored by the the Delta Regional Authority, um, mm-hmm. and administered through the SBDC that was like a like a, a week long like business boot camp mm-hmm. uh, deal and. There were maybe like six or seven advisors at the SBDC. Yeah. At that point, it was just a mass of, of activity. It's a, you know, it's it's good to know that the that the spaces in the building are still filled. Mm-hmm. Like there's still activity, you know, going on yeah. in in the space. I just it's a it's a bummer to not have as many. Yeah, it's it's growing exponentially. Yeah. And, like. If if I'm able to um, expand this more and more, like I I want Carbondale to be my main hub. Yeah. It's gonna be my headquarters, but there are limited space there. Like the space that I need, yeah, someone is already using. Yeah, so they have other um, space there for me, but um, before I can like actually use it, mm-hmm. I have to have that inventory. Like I have to put it somewhere. Yeah. So, but like you know, they're growing very fast. Yeah. Very fast. No, good, good. Then I'm glad I'm glad like you know, things are things are going the direction that uh that they need to and that the value that the SBDC yeah. has always been able to provide can still can mm-hmm. still emanate. I mean it's it's and it's been around so I I think like ninety seven, ninety eight, mm-hmm. something like that is when it uh uh when it first opened. But again I'd I'd have to ask <laughs> somebody that knows <laughs> that knows any better. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I I don't know this town without that infrastructure mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. place like it's a very it's a very important very valuable yeah. uh, space that you know uh, is sometimes overlooked by folks but i think has had a lot of, i mean it's just had a hand in a lot of really really yeah. good activity over the years yeah like i used to i used to walk there a lot uh-huh on foot um but like my sophomore my junior mm-hmm. i walked there a lot from the dorms Nice. Yeah, it was a long walk, man. Yeah, long walk. But they definitely, um, 
man, like, like I'm just going back and like in my head, like so many times where, like, I needed help and they were there. Yeah. You know, like they are, they are always there. Like they never like leave you hanging out to dry. Yeah. Like they're there, and they're going to do their best to help. And if they cannot, um, they feel like they can't help you. They'll find someone who can. Yeah. Well, that was always the 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 nice part is like you know just for that space to be able to act as a network to connect folks. Yeah. So so well. Yeah. Um, Shucks, I think does Jake? I I can't remember if I asked Nelson about this yesterday on the podcast or not, but. Uh, is Jake? Because uh, do you know Jake Coddington at all? Have you guys crossed paths in the SBDC? No. Okay. All right. Uh, I just uh, think Jake is was still doing some sort of business advising activity, but that's neither neither here nor there. Um, just drawing drawing more connections. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's uh, that's legit, man. That's legit. This is cool. I appreciate you like taking the time and and like you know sharing sharing the whole story because you got a lot going on man yeah like, this is you know <laughs> this is this yeah. is cool you know you you were just like you know hey I, I i didn't even look up and and get into uh what you had going on business wise and mm-hmm. you got a, you got a lot of got a lot of irons and a lot of fires man and yeah. it seems like it's all kind of coming together like you want it to so yeah yeah i hope it, I hope it stays on track for you man oh yeah thank you i appreciate it thank you for having me absolutely. i appreciate it for sure absolutely and that uh That is episode 52 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all back together to this little old place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. Marshawn Tucker uh, was this episode. Uh, A lot of entrepreneurial spirit in the room right now, and I'm ever so appreciative of that. It's just uh, nice to be around and and nice to be able to to take in. So uh, as I always say, folks, have a good one, whatever that one may be.